What's going on, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather here. And I want everybody to know that you are listening to the Wrestling Underscore Hip Hop Podcast, your home for all things wrestling and hip hop. So I want everybody to tune in and subscribe to Wrestling Underscore Hip Hop on Speaker Radio. And then I want everybody to follow them on Instagram at Wrestling Underscore Hip Hop. Now everybody enjoy the show and keep it pimping, baby. Peace. Welcome back to BoldPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you go on Spotify, we're on Google Play, Apple Music, YouTube, type in BoldPolitikin, listen to my interviews since 2008. One, two, one, two, and place to be with Zayda Zang. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. So where you at right now? I am actually in Taiwan right now. I'm here with family and just out here because uh, it's crazy over in the U.S. right now, and I'm I can't ba- get back home. Mm. Are you uh, wrestling over there? No, nothing's running right now as far as shows go, because um, it's still you know even though it's safe here, everyone's still a little bit weary about being in large crowds and having everything fully opened up. Okay. So I was uh, I was re- I was checked out some of your interviews and I heard that you started watching wrestling with your grandmother. Yes. But I was I did. so so what was you what promotion was you watching back then? WWF and WCW. So oh. we were watching both of those. Uh, she would switch back and forth whenever the commercials go on. I know that <laughs> so was that was yeah. That was I a rough time. That, that was a rough time back then. Flipping back on those those channels back then. <laughs> So who right? was your... it's like every time it was about to be something, it's like, oh, I gotta switch back. So who was your wrestlers? Who were some of your favorite wrestlers back then? Um, I didn't really understand what I was watching as a kid, because uh, I was so young. I didn't really know English at the time either. But I just by default liked Hulk Hogan because that's what she liked. So he stood out to me a lot because of how energetic he was, especially as a babyface at the time. Um and also China, China, because she was just this big buff woman that was really strong and beating up all the dudes. So she stood out to me a lot, too. Okay. And then I was reading, you, know, you have an impressive MMA background. Like, you got a lot of disciplines you trained in. Thank you. So, so how, did you get into, how did you get into that? Um, it was several things. So because of pro wrestling, I've always had an interest in wrestling but I didn't believe that I could do it so I also at the time watched a lot of martial arts movies um and I was always interested but again not confident in doing it and I was very shy and just an art girl that didn't work out and just kind of stayed at home being a hermit crab so it wasn't until I got to college when I felt the need to protect myself Um, I've been bullied my whole life. So it was also another thing that was, a that got me interested in wanting to protect myself, but it really got to the point where I was scared for my life. When I was up in Richmond, Virginia, it was rated number one murder city for like four years in a row. Uh, yeah, back in the late nineties, early two thousands. But by the time I got there, it was better. It was ranked number four, which is still really bad <laughs> considering how small of a, uh, 
it's a small size city, but there was there's a lot of people there. There's like six hundred and fifty thousand people there, but the city itself is smaller, so everything's kind of crammed together. And because it is crammed together, there would literally be stabbing here, shooting there, like always something going on a street over from me or on the street I'm on. And I remember my first Halloween there, it was like a rude awakening because I just never thought it would happen to me, but I got led down a dark alley with five dudes and they trapped me in between two cars. And the only reason why I didn't get gang raped was because I was lucky that the building that I was parked next to was a little bit shorter. So I was able, cause the, the alleyway is really narrow. It only fits one car. So I was trapped between the two cars, but because uh, how it is, it's here's the alleyway lane. And then where I'm parked is right here. And then the building being shorter kind of went in like that. So I was lucky I backed out and did this and got out. So I was also lucky the guy behind me was parked back far enough for me to do that and I was also lucky that I was on the phone with my friend at the time um and so the guy that got out the car that was standing next to me he didn't get aggressive with me as quickly um because she was on the phone so it kind of deterred him from that but that dude lied to me and told me that he was on the phone with me earlier and that the party's over here and told me this is where I'm supposed to be. But it was a total lie. And when he found out that I knew that he wasn't the guy, he started getting aggressive, uh, got up in my face because my window was down. And he was like, what, what? You don't believe me? You don't believe me? If you don't believe me, you go back where you came from. And so it was just pure luck that I got out. But it really scared me to the point where I felt like, all right, I need to not be so naive. I need to protect myself. So I ended up taking martial arts, but I didn't really know what type of martial arts to take. Um, the only thing that was offered in my hometown when I was younger, when I kind of did try to look for martial arts places was karate and taekwondo. And it just wasn't really anything that really spoke to me. So I wasn't that interested in it. But jujitsu was related to wrestling. And there were submissions. I was like, wow, that's cool. So I ended up doing jujitsu first. Jujitsu became what I fell in love with. Um, I ended up competing in it, which I never planned to. Uh, I competed it in it because... It was funny, my boyfriend at the time, he enjoyed watching UFC, so he enjoyed the ground portion, the grappling portion of it. So we joined together, but when he broke up with me, I was pissed. Like, I was pissed. I'm like, You had to go to a new gym. <laughs> no, I told him, no, he was, he was at my hometown, so he didn't really come up that much, but when he did come up, we didn't even train that much. We only went like twice out of the whole two months. So all of a sudden, when we broke up, he, oh, sorry, when we broke up, I was pissed and I'm just like, I'm going to go kick his ass when I see him. So I trained really hard. And because of all the training, the coaches uh, paid attention to me and realized that I was in there all the time and ended up convincing me to do a tournament. And so I ended up doing a tournament and placing uh, in gold and bronze in two divisions. So after that, I was hooked. I, I, it was life-changing because 
I didn't come from um, any sports background and I never had the confidence to do anything like that. So to go from basically zero sports background to being able to win such a intense type of sport, I guess, it really changed my mind and made me believe that you can do anything that you put your mind to if you really want to do it. So it was life-changing. It gave me the confidence, um, gave me everything I needed to help me succeed and be where I am now because it's a mindset change. So I ended up going to do jiu-jitsu and then through jiu-jitsu I ended up going to do MMA and then through MMA is how I ended up doing uh, Muay Thai and grappling and uh, Olympic uh, freestyle wrestling and folk style wrestling and Greco-Roman wrestling and some judo. Uh, I'm not that big into judo, but it's useful. So I did learn some judo um, and American boxing. Mm. I was also I read I was reading your comments that I saw somebody ask you like you they, they were asking was you homeless during this time when you was training? I saw. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was in Virginia, I was okay. I, in Virginia, I had a home. Um, I was still in college, so my parents paid for my schooling, and I was sneaking off to train uh, because I come from a traditional Asian background, and they wanted me to focus on school, but I never wanted to go that route. It wasn't. It just I just knew I it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved art. I always loved entertainment and. It, that was more of the route I wanted to take. But of course I couldn't just tell my parents that. So I just snuck off and kind of did my training thing. I told them I was training for self-defense, but they didn't know how serious I was into it. And then, uh, I was there and then there was a lot of drama that went on, uh, where it was a falling out with me in my gym. We're cool now, but at the time it was not because uh, this guy that I dated that was there, he was the all-star of the gym. And because he was the all-star, there was a lot of politics involved and he ended up being a horrible person. He was abusive. And so I left that situation because he threatened to shoot me in the face. So I left that situation and moved out to California. When I moved out to right before I moved out to California, like two weeks before I was going to move out, he overheard that I was going to move away. And he was trying to beg me to come back and be with him. And I kept telling him no. So because he knew that I wasn't going to come back, he tried as a last minute resort to get me to stay by trying to uh, take me to court and get me locked up on his lies and say that I was the one that attacked him. So I wasn't going to risk it because every single time that he had, that I had called the cops on him, I never pressed charges or put him in jail for the sake of my gym. Because if I screwed my coach over with putting him in jail, that means it ruins my coach's opportunity for the gym. Yeah. So because of that, because my coach was helping me with my career, either way, I was getting screwed from all the way around. It's like either I stay and allow this to keep happening to me and 
or I leave and I screw over my whole career that I put my whole life into. Um, so it was kind of a catch 22 situation. So finally it got to a point where when he was making threats to kill me, um, because it's happened on more than one occasion. It happened a lot, actually. Uh, he would strangle me and pick me up my neck. I almost blacked out one of the times. And I remember thinking, I'm going to die today. And so I grabbed his face and I pushed it and my nail cut his nose. I ended up calling the cops on him to get us separated. And when I called the cops on him, the stupid cop went and questioned us in the same room. You're supposed mm. to question So the dumbass cop questioned me on whether I wanted to press charges on him right in front of him. And so he's behind the cop mouthing the word, well, do you, do you <laughs> press charges on me? And at the time I remember thinking like, screw my career, screw everything. Like I'm going to send this guy to jail. But then because he was doing that, intimidating me, I'm just like, nope. And then the woman cop took him outside and questioned him separately. And then he pressed he charges. No, he, oh. he, he didn't have any right to pressure. Hell no. Um, he, uh, he basically lied and said I was the one that attacked him. Mm -hmm. But because when you're strangled, the bruises don't show up till hours later. And so because he had a cut from my nail, he said that I was the one attacked him. So the woman cop came in and gave me an attitude and was like, he told me that you were the one that attacked him and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that is not true. I'm like, first of all, I'm the one that called you guys. I called you guys on several occasions. This isn't the only time that it happened. He was the one that strangled me and I pushed him off of me and it cut him in the nose during that struggle. And so like, he, she was she didn't believe me i was like are you fucking serious i'm not sorry yeah, you good, you good. You good. Like, are you fucking serious so i'm just like so pissed about the situation and how she was gonna get that uh, say that i was the one that started this so i told her no that's not what it is and she told me to shut word for word she told me shut the fuck up or i will put your ass in jail that's what she told me i was like are you fucking serious? And I was fucking pissed. So I wasn't going to risk anything because of his lies. So I ended up getting proof of everything, but that took money. I had to go and buy all the call logs from the police station of every single time I called the cops on him with all the police reports of what happened during the altercation. Also, one of the time he whipped me with a belt for 30 minutes straight and I wow. had that. Yeah, I had it all recorded. I had the whole audio recorded and I took it to court. So I took him to court and I paid for a lawyer and everything. So all the money I had saved up for three and a half months to move out to California ended up going to court costs. So by the time I got out to California, it, I was super broke. I was only out there with $800 and blew through that real quick because I ended up having a crappy car out there and it broke down on me. So. Uh, had no job, didn't know anyone out there. So ended up being homeless for about five and a half months. So almost half a year when I was homeless out there. And when I got, finally ended up getting a job at a music studio, I ended up um, getting 
the money that I did get, I put it all towards my training because I know that it's the only way for me to continue on with my dreams. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay homeless and uh, be able to spend the money into training. So I, because it was either training or a place to live. So of course I was going to pick training over a place to live. So that's what I ended up doing. Just training and sleeping in my car, showering at a 24 hour fitness gym and eating McDonald's and Taco Bell for six months almost. It was horrible. Uh, I would say, um, but you also graduated, right? Yeah, technically, yeah. I think you said communications, I think I saw. Uh, mass communications was the category uh, and with a focus in public relations. So I studied mass communications with a focus. It was major in public relations and minor in business. Mm. So, so what made you want to be a wrestler instead of following that? You know, you had that degree. What made you want to be a, a wrestler instead? I never wanted to. Oh, you just got to... that for your parents? Yeah, I got it for my parents. I didn't. I knew that it wasn't really what I wanted to do. I, I mean, I went to school for graphic design. I went to school for graphic design um, because it was the closest thing to art that I could choose that would make me money and not be a starving artist. So I picked that. But by the time I was in college, the graphic design industry became oversaturated. So mm -hmm. I put money in there. So I ended up switching to populations because my friends suggested for me, actually, one of my good friends, he came up with me with jujitsu. So he was doing jiu-jitsu already. He was like one of my main training partners. And he told me to do public relations because it was already related to what I was doing anyways. Because when I was doing martial arts, I was also modeling and acting and like doing music and dance and everything. So anything entertainment related, I just always loved entertainment, art, basically all forms of art. So artists, that's good. Yeah, I love art. So I was doing that. Um, and so public relations was a good thing for me to learn, especially since it was something that I already had to do with marketing and just knowing how to be out in the public's eye uh, because it's all entertainment related. So because of that, it's what I chose. And I felt that worst case scenario, even if I was never on the forefront, of my dreams, I would always at least be on the back end. At least if, you know, if there was a celebrity that needed a publicist, I could be that. So I picked that for that reason or to do it for myself if I needed it ever. But it wasn't really anything that I dreamed of doing. It was just the closest thing I could do if it was a regular degree. And then how did you switch over from in martial arts to pro wrestling? Uh, I got signed to WWE. So, but so you I just went, went straight to WWE. You didn't go to like you went to Independence or nothing like that. No, nope. uh, damn, <laughs> that's tight. Yeah, yeah, but it was because my martial arts background. So mm -hmm. they found me through MMA, and that's how I ended up uh, getting signed because I went out to Greg Jackson's for a little bit to do mm -hmm. some 
training because I had some friends there that invited me. And then I ended up meeting this girl who writes for Fight Magazine. She ended up interviewing this fighter who fought Brandon Vera on 1FC called Paul Chang. And he, like the thing when you become a friend of one of the MMA fighters in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the whole city adds you on their Facebook. Like every single person in the city adds you. So he added me because of all our mutual friends. And he never said anything to me until I had already moved out to California and was training at Black House MMA. So he ended up uh, hitting me up four years later after he had already added me and was like, hey, I've been watching you train. I think you'd be great for WWE. If you want to try out, let me know. So they basically scouted me and uh, I went for a tryout and got through and that's how I ended up signed to WWE and that's how I started my pro wrestling career. So I'm saying, uh, I heard, I watched the, the snippet and I remember watching the tournament, but I don't remember hearing that story you just told me when we first started. So I think they something happened. Why they didn't let you do the story and talk about that stuff? Or did they? I don't remember. Did they let you talk about that? Because I don't remember. I, I remember I, I saw this you segment. Mean, uh, classic uh, interview? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember you talking about all that. Yeah. No, they didn't ask the question, so that's why. Yeah. So how would you they describe... Yeah. Uh -huh. so they, how just would... asked, they just asked uh, about something. What did they ask me? They asked me something. I forgot what they asked me, but it didn't get there. So that's why. Because otherwise, that would take a long time for me to answer. And there's only a certain amount of time that I could mm. add in. Mm. So how would you describe your, uh, like, your character to the um, Underdog. Underdog character. Because it is very, it's very real life. It's, it is my life. So... Um, the whole thing with WWE is with character development, they always tell you to just be you, be mm -hmm. yourself. And yeah, now they say that. Now they say that. <laughs> Before, yeah. you now remember they, they had all the characters. Everybody was a character. I watched the old school. They had characters for everything. They had a snake, a dog, a cat, yeah. uh, all that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they just tell us to be ourselves. Um, but I mean, everyone's different as you get deeper into the character they'll have you change certain things and whatnot but starting out you are just you because you know yourself best and it's easier to be yourself than to act like someone else so my story and my whole life upbringing is someone who got bullied and overcoming that so that's very much my character is just an underdog who gets you know, bullied a lot, gets people, the heels always cheating and whatnot, but I always find a way to try and overcome that. And then what's the meaning behind the name, your name? Um, honestly, there isn't. <laughs> I came up with the name. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny how I came up with it, actually. Um, I used to come out and one of the things I did when I came out was I had two peace signs and I wanted to use the finger symbol to make a letter. So it was either going to be um, Z, W, M. Mm -hmm. So it was one of the characters. So all the names I pitched either had Z, W, or M. 
and they ended up picking Zeta. And I thought of Zeta just because I've always thought that would have that sounded like a cool name because I like the I like a guy's name Xander, any Z sounding name, but I also like um the I remember watching Xena, the warrior princess, so I think of her as a strong character. And I also think of Zelda since I Yeah, I was gonna say I be wanting to say Zelda so bad. So at least I'm not going crazy because I be wanting to say Zelda every time I see your name. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I be like Zelda. Oh Zay, it's not it's not Zelda. <laughs> Yeah, because Zelda, you know, when it came out, it was that when shit. I was yeah. I was playing video games at the time. So all those things had influence into the name. So I ended up coming up with Zeta. And um, the WWE told me to pitch six names and they would pick one out of the six. And so they ended up picking Zeta. And fun fact is that originally Nia Jax pitched the name Zeta. And I thought I came up with it like completely out of scratch. But apparently she came up with the, uh, the name Zeta also. She pitched it originally, but they didn't give it to her. And they gave her Nia Jackson set. Well, I, I got another fun fact. She's from my hometown. I mean, she's from where I'm at right now. It was one day. It was crazy. It was like right after a pay-per-view. And we're sitting there talking about wrestling. And I just turned around and she's like on the elliptical. I'm like, oh, no way. Yeah, but I couldn't like. I just had to be cool because you know it's your it's your home gym, so you can't freak out at your home gym. You got to be cool with your home gym. I will ask you about another thing too. Uh, I seen you a lot of intergender matches. Uh, I'm sorry, what? I saw you a lot in a lot of the intergender matches, like fighting guys and stuff. I seen you in a lot of oh, those yeah, matches. Oh yeah, yeah. So how you feel about those matches? It seems like that's a it's kind of like a new trend. I'm seeing that's like kind of like a new thing I see in wrestling now, or has that always been going on? I mean, I, you know, I got into, there was a huge gap between when I watched wrestling and when I got back into wrestling. Because, like I said, I started watching it as a kid, and I didn't really know what I was watching because I didn't even know English at the time. So I didn't know what I was watching. And then by the time that I had stopped watching it was around, like, 12 13 years old um that's when my grandma had alzheimer's like i said she was the one that got me into wrestling but it was like our bonding thing but because she ended up getting alzheimer's when i was 12 where it was like pretty bad um i stopped watching it and mm. she ended up going to old folks home and then when she died i completely stopped so that whole time i just stopped watching wrestling and it was so far out of my mind until I ended up getting a tryout because I never believed that I could ever become a pro wrestler because I thought they only hired Olympic wrestlers or at least people who, you know, were um, state championship winners. So I'm like, oh, I have no chance because you can't just jump on the wrestling team and be able to win all that at such a late age. Most of these kids start at a really young age. So because of that, I didn't think it was ever possible. And I ended up going into the MMA route and I was all about MMA. So it wasn't really on my mind um, to do that. And uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? Oh, no, I'll just ask you about those matches. Well, I saw you. In oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So what I was getting to, what I was, getting to was um, basically during my MMA time, I started in 2007 mm -hmm. and 
MMA was still very new then, especially for people training in it. And I only had guys to train with anyways. So it isn't a new thing for me to go compete with guys. So if anything, I kind of, I kind of (laughs) in a way prefer it because I'm not exactly the lightest girl, so they can hold my weight and I can usually be able to do some cooler moves because the girl, when I get paired up with girls, most of the time we're either the same size or I'm a little bit bigger. Like it, yeah, it's, it's hard or they're, or we're the same size or they can't carry my weight. So that's the issue because I'm kind of medium size. I'm not that big, but I'm not that small either. So because of that, I don't really get to be the one that's doing the fun moves. I'm usually the one basing. So are you doing any other, uh, are you done with MMA or are you still doing MMA? No, I only train in it, but I don't compete anymore. My full thing is pro wrestling now. I mean, but I mean, you got like, you know, like the Brock Lesnar's and the Bobby Lashley's. And then I I think when I, when like, uh, I know Baszler, like you don't think, you know, how they kind of do both of them. You didn't want to do nothing like that. Dad, no, Baszler doesn't do both. Like she, she, she was doing well, MMA first time. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's really no time. If you really want to be good at MMA, there's it no is. time for unless you're some freak of nature that's just like able to do both. But Rock Lesnar, yeah, he is considered a freak of nature that he's able to switch back and forth and you know be okay. But to really, MMA is a full full time job total full-time job there's no way that there could be another thing so even yeah there's just no way so yeah. there's no way i be able to do both hmm. and now that you about major league wrestling like i'm really a fan like that's like actually my favorite wrestling like I, oh that's, that's awesome shit. that's my that's shit awesome. like i like it i like it it's like i don't even i mean so how long you been with them i haven't i have i'll be watching on youtube but i haven't seen you on them yet Unless I, I missed one, yeah. I got I got officially signed to them in October. Okay. So October of last year, I officially got signed. But I was with them. I first appeared on their show in 2018, I think. Yeah, 2018. Um, I went and showed up and did a few things with Sue Young um, as a team. And then... That ended up not working out, but they ended up signing me uh, a year later after I've been on tour in Asia. So I got signed in October and then I got injured. So now it kind of sucks. It put me out and then COVID happened. So mm. yeah, I, I just checked. The only thing I watch is really like YouTube channel. So I don't know if that's, that might not, that might be all the episodes, but I just watch what's on YouTube. But I see they're on the zone now too. No, they're they've been on TV. They're on TV. They're both mostly in. They're on BN Network, the BN Sports Network. So it's all over, like the East Coast mainly. Yeah, like I'm New in York. San Diego. I'm in San Diego. Yeah, New uh, California doesn't get it. I don't think, but it's I'm mostly. That, the East Coast. But they're on the Zone now. Like you know, the Zone, the sports app. Like the, they show boxing. They're on there now. They got their um. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're on there. Yes, yeah, well, I, I, I was happy when I saw that. Yeah, yeah, they're expanding. So, and they're all over like different countries too. 
And then I, I want to say, I, I know you're into music. I want to say I saw you do a Christmas video I was watching. I want to say oh, it was a Christmas that, video. Yeah, that was just for fun. I That, was, right. not, I, that was not a good one. Uh, I don't I don't really sing anymore. Uh, I have vocal nodules. Um, just a lot of wear and tear from MMA and now pro wrestling with all the screaming and the talking. So I don't sing really anymore because uh, I can't at least i can't reach the range that i used to because mm. the music i was doing before was r&b and neo soul and neo soul requires a lot of power and you I gotta get on the auto tune i don't yeah <laughs> you be i did uh yeah but then that's fake <laughs> i can't be called julie real and sing fake stuff you know there's too much you know, I know everything has auto-tune nowadays, but there's a point where it's just too much auto-tune. Most of my stuff is, like, barely any auto-tune because the music that I made, I want it as raw as possible just because it's, like, it's not about – it's not about – I'm a singer first. I started writing music after. So the thing that I focus mostly on is the skills of singing. Mm. and to be, you know, only singing with auto-tune, it's kind of like, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. And then anyone can sing. Everyone can fake it. No one can hit a note, yet they'll fix it in the thing and they'll sound great. And that's just, I don't know, it's just cheating in my eyes. And then are you are you a fan of R&B and Neo Soul? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason why I got into it. Who's some of you? Who you like? Um... Some of the artists that I really, really liked in R&B would be Keisha Coles, uh, Usher, I guess, if you consider him R&B. Some people consider him pop. And uh, Craig David. And I know people consider Mariah Carey pop, but she does have some R&B music. Um, her and also... Oh, yeah. A lot of R&B music. She worked, she like kind of started, if you notice how many rappers she worked with when she first came out, she like started that trend. She started yeah, that exactly. trend. Like I, the reason why like R&B music and Neo Soul is because of the skills it takes to sing it. It's all, it's all based on, it's all based on feeling and being able to catch those riffs in between the notes and that's a hard skill to have. You have you have to have a good ear and you have to have good control of your voice to be able to do that. Yeah, I would say you so, uh, you brought it back with Craig David though. Dude, I love Craig David. Not a lot of people know of him, I feel like. Yeah, cuz I think he was when he from Canada or something. He went from here, I know, from the United States. He's from the UK. Okay. Yeah, that's probably what happened, but that that He's from London. Yeah. That, that was hard when it came out. Yeah, all his music was good. Yeah, and I really love Keisha Coles because her voice is so raw. Yeah. And that's why it's like, yeah, stuff like that. Then, but she's neo-soul. She would be considered neo-soul. And then when um we was interviewing Jason, he was talking about you in the interview, and he said, he said you were the first Asian-American that was signed to WWE. Yeah, Asian-American female. Yeah, because I and then when I, I was telling my boy about that, but I guess the confusion is like, I guess because he was saying like you're saying American Asian because we know it was other Asians in WWE, but they went from America, right? Like they was like, no, they're like from Japan. 
Yeah, because I think my friend said Bull, Icano, and he said Gil Kim. I was like, Gil Kim was from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So I, why they even hype that up? They should have been hyping that up too. Because, I don't know, apparently it's not a big enough market. Oh. But, uh, so yeah. Asian-American, they don't, it's, at the end of the day, any company look at looks at money. That's what that's what matters for any company. Mm-hmm. So Asian Americans isn't a big market. You know, America itself is not a big enough market as it is. And then you narrow that down to the Asians in America, which is a smaller market. So the only things that they're going to care about is whether you're from Japan or China or whatever else for, from a whole different country, not a smaller group of people in the U S but the sad thing is like the Asians who do watch pro wrestling are Asian Americans. They're the ones who really got influenced with pro wrestling because WWE wasn't really running in other countries. Like in China is banned and in certain countries they have it, but then not all of them. It's not really, it depends on where you are, but that's like a whole market of people that is neglected. You know, the Asians in the U S really, really are into the same things that all the other Americans are into wrestling. You know, we all grew up with the same thing. I know like a lot, like a lot of my friends now, like nowadays, my friends, we like new Japan pro wrestling. Yeah. Hard. Like we just yeah. not, I just like, uh, like it's just more stiff. I like, I like that shit is dope. And I like, like, like you said, art is like more like art. And I know it's the crowd. Like they watch it like a movie. They're quiet. They don't. It's not disrespectful crowd. Like that shit's hard. But so what? Uh, the, in China, do they have a uh, pro wrestling promotion? Or they don't have any wrestling promotions. They do. They do. It's it's semi new. Uh, they do, but it's not that big yet. It's mm. getting there, but it's not there yet. It won't be there for a while. So what do you say? What's next for you? Where do you see yourself in, like, uh, say, five years from now? I'm going to continue with MLW. Uh, I have a three-year contract with them. So I'm going to be with them. Hopefully we'll see what happens towards the end. And, you know, keep wrestling. Keep wrestling until I can't anymore, until my body's too broken. And then probably go into something else. Most likely stay in entertainment, so probably acting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll ask you. You you went into my next question. I was gonna say, what's your interest outside of uh, pro wrestling? But you kind of say the acting. Art, all art. Like so art mean- is like my thing. Art, any type of art is my thing. Like drawing, painting, graphic design, dance, music, singing, like all those. It's a big category, but every single art is like my thing. Even architecture, like yeah. love art. Yeah, I actually uh, like for my a couple of years ago, for like two years ago for my birthday, I actually went to a pro wrestling tryout out here. It was called SoCal Pro Wrestling. So that shit, that shit's tough. <laughs> but I was gonna say, what would you, what would you say to anybody that wanted to be a pro wrestler? What would you say to them? Training, a lot of training. Go to a good school, get trained properly, and that's the first step. Oh, then I'll ask you. I'm gonna ask you too. How? You, what are you? What's your opinions on the um, speaking out movement? Um, 
I think it's good that people are speaking out as they should if something wrong is being done. Um, but there are also people who are taking it way too far and making stuff and getting people's lives ruined. So I think it needs to be a balance. No matter what, it doesn't matter what it is. There's always a pro and con to everything. And people just have to be smart and do their research. But it is important that if there's any wrongdoing that someone talks about it, otherwise it's never going to be changed. Yeah, I would say, then I would, my whole question, my question is, and I'll ask you just to see what you think, but I just say like, okay, one thing I feel like people have to teach, um, talk about is speaking out earlier. Like, why do they wait so long to speak out sometimes? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have that, you got to be able to speak yeah. out. Yeah. Like, that's why I feel like, even like I that's have a daughter now, I want to tell my daughter, some shit happened, you, you say that shit did, don't be saying that shit, don't come to me, you know, 10 years from now saying this guy touched you. You better tell me that shit when it happened. I'm going to go beat his ass right then. So tell me now. Yeah. I don't want to hear that shit later. So. Well, that's why, that's why I say that people should be more aware and not believe everything they see on the internet because it's already suspect when you're going to not say anything until much later. And then on top of that, you're going to make it public. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to get clout. It means you're trying to gain attention, trying to get something out of it. So that's that's what I see a lot of the speak out movement being also the bad people taking advantage of it. Um, there are people who really are getting hurt that should be speaking out. And if it does happen then and there and they speak out, then yes, that's what should have been done. But if it was something from like forever ago and they accept it, and then they don't say anything. And then the first time they decide to say something is on social media, trying to make it a big thing to try and gain any type of fame or recognition off of it. Those are the people I feel like are suspect. Yeah, I want if to you have a real issue, then go handle the issue with the person. Like, there's no need to put it all public out there. Yeah, I want to say I, I saw you. You was defending T.J. Perkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw you doing that with the fans. Yeah, I saw that because the thing with that is because the people, it's that's one of the issues. So some people made up lies, and they the thing is they even admit it. It's not like they didn't admit that they lied about it. They straight up admit it. And they're here going around spreading all these lies, which actually costed him so much. It ruined his bookings, it ruined sponsors, it ruined his reputation, and it's made people think horribly of him, and it affects not only him, but his family and friends and anyone that's associated with him, and that's so horrible. Like, someone literally just worked their whole life to entertain you and try to, you know, be an entertainer to you, and everyone's such a bully. It's, a inter it's literally modern-day bullying. It's internet cyber bullying and trying to make up lies and the sad thing is that there's so many stupid ass people out there who just believes anything they see just because some people wrote it on a meme mm -hmm. and they're just making up fake conversations and photoshop shopping dick pics and whatever else on there like i know tj he doesn't do shit like that and he's always just kept to himself it's like it's not like it's going to be hard for him to go get girls anyways it's like, but he's not going to just go. It's like, 
as an entertainer, we know our rules of, hey, don't just go talk to anyone because there's consequences with that. When you're in the public eye, people take advantage of that. And that's the sad thing is that's one of the things that comes with it is that you're going to get taken advantage of. And people are always trying to find ways to screw you over and get something out of you. Because this happened to so many people. This actually happened to my friend, um, Cub Swanson, who was mm. with the UFC. But luckily, everything, his publicist handled everything perfectly because it was a total lie. There was a psycho-ass chick that went to all of his fights, and she always got a picture with him, which, mm. you know, nothing wrong with taking a photo with a fan. But this girl was so psycho, she she found out what hotel he stayed at. She went and stayed at the same hotel. And then she ended up going up the elevator with him, taking a photo with him in the elevator. And then she saw that he got off. She waited for him to get off on his floor. Then she followed him on the same floor. And he thought that they just so happened to be on the same floor. But no, she ended up like secretly... I think she secretly recorded that she was like walking on the same floor with him and she put up the photo of them in the elevator. And so she lied and said they had sex and posted it all over Twitter. And it became a huge thing. It became a whole PR thing and it was like super messed up. But luckily, you know, it all got fixed. But that's a classic example of someone just trying to ruin someone in the spotlight because they're trying to get clout. Because sadly, our society now glorifies people for sleeping with someone famous and think, oh, if I just get with someone famous, I can be famous too. And that's what's so sad. It's rewarding. It's rewarding these horrible people. And it's just getting people to act like that. Mm. Now, I always ask the guests, what's a good way to flip a G right now? Um, well, what do you mean? Like flip a thousand dollars, like invest a thousand dollars. What's a good way to do that? Wait, what to invest a thousand dollars? Invest a thousand dollars? Yeah. Oh, invest a thousand dollars. I know I just went out, I just went off subject like a mug. <laughs> My bad, but yeah, I always ask the guest that, so I didn't want to leave before I ask you that. I know it's kind of uh, switch topics like a mug. <laughs> you like, huh? I would save that. I mean, a thousand dollars isn't much to invest at all. <laughs> so right. I would give that money to invest in something more valuable, like housing. Mm. So hold it till you get more money. Yeah, you should be making making money and using that money to make more money. Yeah, because I'm just doing an experiment. Nothing to invest. That's not enough. It's not going to make you anything. If I only had $1,000, I'd be like, that's not enough. I need to work harder and get more money so that I can actually invest at least $10,000. Mm. Otherwise, that's just a waste. $1,000 is no point in investing anything. So what would so, you do with 10? Huh? What would you do with 10? Put a down payment on a house. Still not enough. You know? Work harder. <laughs> you like work harder. Small house. Small house, I guess, but you should at least have like at least have forty thousand to invest in a decent sized house. But you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand, you could still invest in it. All right. What would you like to say to your fans and supporters? 
thank you so much for supporting me, especially, you know, in these crazy ass times. And it sucks that haven't been able to wrestle, but promise I'll be back. All right. I want to say thanks for coming through politicking with me. <laughs> thanks for having me. So glad we're able to match up our times. I know. I'm up here. It's the latest interview I ever did. Or it might be the earliest, however you look at it. <laughs> but I say, you want to, what's your social right. media and everything? Um, I'm usually on Instagram, Zeta, Z-E-D-A underscore Zang, Z-H-A-N-G. Also on Twitter, the Zeta Zang. On TikTok, Zeta Zang. Um, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Zeta Zang. What's up, everybody? This is Poe from PoePolitikin.com. I'm, I'm into wholesale real estate. I did an online course that I thought was pretty cool, so I want to share it with y'all. The name of the course is called the Varsity Class, and it's an online course that will teach you the tools to become a real estate investor. This course will show you everything you need to know about wholesaling properties and real estate that can potentially earn you $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 or more. So you can make a lot of money in this wholesale real estate. This is a good course to get you... Uh, Get your foot in the door so you can change your life today. And the link is bit.ly backslash Poe Homes. So bit.ly backslash Poe Homes with an S. So thank you. Check it out. I'll holla. Thanks for listening to Poe Politicking. Like I said, this is self-help meets hip-hop. Try to interview the artists or whoever I'm interviewing. Just try to get a little bit more than just the music or just entertainment. Try to get some some stuff that you can use in your life that they're saying. And this is uh like they say, I got it out the mud. So 2008 we started it and been doing it this whole time. So I appreciate all the listeners we have, all my loyal listeners that stay stay down and listen to every episode. And so if you want to be a guest, make sure you got some fire. I want some heat. But you can contact me at polepoliticking at gmail.com. Yeah, if you want to be a guest, hit me up. And also, make sure you check out the store. We sell merch, rappertshirts.com. Rappertshirts.com. So I got the polepoliticking merch on there. Got rapper t-shirts. Got men's fashion, women's fashion. Got cool stuff on there. Anybody, you know, you want to make donations, you just like what you hear. You're like, it's cool. I want to support this. Keep going. Because, you know, it takes money to build this and keep growing it. It's a cash app, dollar sign, Politic, and that's P-O-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-I-N. I appreciate that, or PayPal, Demo. It's always Politicking. And we also look for sponsors. So if you have a book, you have an album you're about to come out with, your record label, your magazine, anybody that has something they're trying to promote, let me know. You can email me at polepoliticking at gmail. And we can work something out, work out a deal. But yeah, I'm looking for sponsors, so hit me up. And I appreciate all the support. And I'll see you next episode. Ah, Popolitikin.com.